0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Today I'm going to tell you about my worst deer hunt ever with the hopes that it'll help you avoid a nightmare experience of your own. George back with the New Hunters Guide, the podcast, and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and bringing new insights to all hunters. I'm your host, George Canitas, and today, guys, we are going to talk about my all-time worst deer hunt. All right, this is now just going to let you know, no one was killed. No humans were wounded or injured in any terrible way. It's not that kind of a story, but safety scenarios are super serious stories and things you want to be very careful about. But thankfully my worst case scenario deer hunt did not involve a breach of safety right no one was seriously injured or hurt and hopefully your worst hunting story ever will also never involve someone being injured or killed because you just took and understood and followed the simple basic safety protocols of hunting all right always feel like it's very important to stress that so Um, You know, don't want to take the punchline away, but I got to let you know that you got to be careful with safety. And I very much hope that, uh, you know, the worst stories that you ever come across will never involve something that will hinder or stop someone's ability to hunt another day. All right. So we're going to jump right into it here. Worst case scenario, worst deer hunt that I've had. All right, real nightmare scenario for me because of my values, because of just the way that I like to hunt, because of what I believe about hunting, because of my entire ethos on the subject. And it is further compounded by being a podcaster and YouTube person and telling other people stuff about hunting. And then when something like this happens to you, you can really not want to tell it to other people. You can try to just cover it up and sweep it under the rug and pretend like it didn't happen, because you're an all-star, and you're the, the greatest hunter ever, but the reality is nobody learns when that happens, and at the end of the day, I have never told you guys anything other than I am just an average hunter who just so happens to have a PhD and a low tolerance for marketing hype, trying to help other people figure out what really works and what doesn't. So I learn by doing, and then I need to tell you guys what I learned by doing for the hopes that you can learn it too and you can avoid it. All right, so we have a nightmare scenario here. And it starts with me waking up early, going to check my phone, realizing I've been locked out of my phone, my Google account's been hijacked, the YouTube channel has been deleted, All of my records and information have been pulled, are missing, sold, or in other people's hands, and we've got a serious issue. Well, actually, no, that didn't happen thanks to Aura, the sponsor of this video. Aura is what I believe the single best comprehensive identity protection software platform on the planet. All right, They provide over 20 different services, one of which kept that nightmare scenario from happening to me. All right, That could have been the end of the new Hunter's Guide, but thankfully, I've decided to give Aura a try. I'd heard about Aura probably the first time about a year ago-ish. And just like you probably right now are thinking, I don't really need this. I don't need an identity protection software. Uh, I'll be just fine, blah, blah, blah. But eventually in the process of time, I got the opportunity to try Aura for free. And you have that same opportunity right now. And it took me about 10 minutes to set it up, and about five minutes later, or completed scanning the entire dark web, all the different places that it scans across the internet, and found out and let me know that my Google password had been compromised in a data breach, and was out there for the bad guys to have. When you find out something like that, it can really mess with your head. Now, thankfully, Nobody had done anything with it yet. So I immediately did a password change and got that taken care of. And that nightmare scenario was avoided. But Aura has so many other things that they offer. They've got antivirus software for your desktop and your mobile. So you can stop paying for that. They have a super easy VPN. So you can stop paying for that. They also provide identity theft insurance. As well as protection so you can stop paying for that they will provide you with identity theft protection for your kids and your family so when your kid turns 18 and they go to buy a car they don't find out that their identity was stolen 12 years ago someone ruined their credit and declared bankruptcy and now they've got serious problems Aura also will go out of its way in order to constantly petition data brokers to get your personal information taken down from the internet resulting in less spam calls less spam text messages less spam emails and less spam in your actual physical mailbox all right aura does all this stuff and more and i was blown away when i first found out about it i was like wow really it does all of these things it'll monitor your financials to make sure nothing out of the ordinary happens and then alert you instantly and it takes just a few minutes to set the thing up and then it's not like it's something that you need to invest time into on a daily or weekly or even a monthly basis. You get it set up, it will scan the web, it'll give you initial feedback and reports and then it just works and does its thing and every now and then it sends you an update, something you were protected from, some adjustment that you ought to make in order to be more protected and it just does its thing. You can forget about it, you can have peace of mind, and you can move on with your life. They are a U.S.-based company with U.S.-based customer service, which is really nice if you ever need to call in and ask a question or have an issue or something like that. Now, you can get a two-week free trial of Aura by using my code, You go to Aura.com, A-U-R-A dot com slash N-H-G. But really the easiest way to do it is just go to my website, newhuntersguide.com, go to the About tab, and then Aura is the first link on the list. You click that, it'll take you right to the N-H-G page. Aura.com, A-U-R-A dot com slash N-H-G. N-H-G is for New Hunter's Guide. Or go to my website, newhuntersguide.com. Go to About, click Aura, and it'll take you right there. You can get a free two-week trial. And guys, you start into the two-free-week trial, within the first 20 minutes... They will let you know if your information has been compromised. You can take immediate action. You can get that stuff fixed. You don't have to wait for two weeks. You get immediate instantaneous value and it can save you from a nightmare scenario just like it saved me. If you're interested in Aura, please use my code because that's the only way that it benefits the channel. Aura.com slash N-H-G. A-U-R-A dot com slash N-H-G. Or go to the website, New Hunter's Guide. Go to About. Click Aura. Thank you, Aura. All right, now to the real nightmare scenario. So actually, it wasn't a morning hunt. It was an evening hunt. And I got into the blind around 3.30, I think. Something like that. It was... Uh, And It was in September. It was early. Actually, it was opening day of archery in my management unit in Pennsylvania. And I was out there in September and got into the blind, slept in or slept, got into the blind and just got in there smooth and quiet, got set up. Great day, sunny, starting to get cooler into the afternoon. Just gorgeous out. I'm there for, I don't know, 45 minutes, maybe, maybe an hour, something like that. And out of the corner of my eye, I see a deer start walking out of the thick brush into a clearing, a clover patch that's in front of me. And I'm watching them walk out and I realize, oh, it's a buck. Then I realize, oh, it's not just a buck, it's a shooter. Oh, it's not just a buck and a shooter. It's one of the ones that I've been watching on my trail camera through the summer. It's the Nine Point. One of the ones that was on my top three list for the year. I'm sitting there and I can't believe it. I'm like the cat that got the canary. It's opening day. I've been here for an hour And now one of the top bucks in my area, the least in the property that I was hunting that my trail cams have seen has stepped out. So we're going to shoot this one, right? This is, this is it. Now, some people are like, George, you can't just take a shot an hour into opening day. What are you crazy? Of course you can. That's the whole point. Why else would you go hunting if you're not going to take a shot? Well, maybe you should wait to see if there's a bigger buck. Hey, if you live somewhere where you know there are hundreds of big bucks that come in front of you all season long, then you wait to your heart's content. But where I hunt, I usually shoot the first legal buck I see because I have had too many seasons where it was the only buck that I saw or I saw no bucks at all. And if it's 45 minutes in the opening day, then I am ecstatic because I hunted for I think five straight years before I ever even saw a legal buck hunting, right? You don't pass on these kind of opportunities. Uh, it's, just, it's just too good. So I'm sitting there. He walks out. I lift up my bow. This day I was hunting with a crossbow in the blind, Lift it up. Now he's walking from, from right to left, probably 10 yards, not even. Maybe 10 yards in front of me, somewhere around that. And he's going from right to left, walking. And there's some thick brush um, in right between me and him. I can still see him, but there's some brush, and he's walking. And he's putting his head down to eat. And I'm sitting there like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. I got my bow up. Of course, you know, I'm telling you guys for years, one of my things that I like to do is take the first decent ethical shot that you get. And I learned this time that that is not always the best advice. So I got lined up, got a clearing. He's putting his head down. Head goes down. He's walking forward. And I pull the trigger. Now, my aiming point was not great. Uh, It was kind of hard to see exactly where the shoulder was. So I aimed a little further back than might be ideal um, in order just to try to not hit the shoulder bone. Couple that with the fact that his head went down, he started walking forwards at the exact moment that I pulled the trigger in being too hasty, and I shot, and that arrow hit him, oh, about halfway back. Uh, something maybe even further than that and he jumped and he ran to the left and he ran back to the right and I watched him run into the woods with my arrow sticking out of the back of him somewhere maybe maybe two-thirds all the way back and I know instantaneously I've got a problem all right my heart sinks I'm like oh no what just happened And he just goes off into the woods. So now I'm like, okay, what do I do?
0: Get ready for the greatest roast
1: of all time. The
0: Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. What's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie. Critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG
1: 13. Ah, uh, I'm just pulses racing, not sure what to do, feel terrible, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe. Maybe it worked out. Maybe it was not as bad as a shot as I thought. Maybe I got lucky. Uh, I don't know. So at this point, I'd already made a couple mistakes. So then I proceeded to make another mistake. I was like, well, I'm going to get up and go and see if I can find any blood and just try to figure out what kind of blood it is. So I walked down to where I hit him. Of course, there's no blood there. And then I walk around towards where he ran into the woods. And I'm looking for blood. And I spot some. And then I see a deer hop away from me back in the woods, I don't know, 40 yards. And so what had happened was he got hit, ran into the woods, and then just stopped. He's just standing there. And so I'm like, all right, I see this. I see what's going on. So let me make another mistake because I haven't made enough yet. So I backed out. I decided I'm gonna circle around to try to get ahead of him, and then maybe I can get another shot. Now, guys, if that idea ever crosses into your mind and you're using a bow, just just stop, just shut that idea down. That may work with a rifle, but you know, think about what my plan is here. I'm gonna to try to get within 30 yards with a crossbow offhand sneaking up on a wounded animal this is stupid all right this is a stupid plan now if it was a rifle and i could shoot at 150 yards well it's not a great plan but it's feasible at least it makes sense i, I couldn't tell you you know you should never do that um but with a bow uh, like well george you can punch out further than 30 yards with a crossbow adrenaline pumping offhand not really i mean let's just be honest i've already botched one shot at 10 yards and now you're gonna try to take a long shot that's just it's just not realistic but of course you couldn't told me different at that moment so i'm sneaking around i made a big arc try to get ahead of where i thought he was going to be and i see him just running right by up a hill across the neighbor's property and disappears and i'm like oh are you serious so then what did i do at that moment well i decided essentially that i'd already made about four mistakes so i might as well make a fifth one and so i circled back to where the shot originally happened and i was like all right i'm gonna try to trail this deer and follow the blood trail who knows? Maybe the deer that I saw run across to the neighbor's property wasn't this one, as if. So I decided, all right, I'm going to start following the blood trail. Maybe it'll lead me to a dead deer laying there, and the one that I saw was a different deer. Stupid. Just stupid, all right? But I eventually found the blood trail. Very faint, but followable. Obviously, it was not a pass-through Um it was not obviously any particular type of shot. I couldn't, I couldn't tell that it was a, a, a liver shot. I couldn't tell that it was a gut shot. Uh, it did not have the, the foaming blood that you want to see in a double lung shot either. There's just some random, nondescript, unimpressive blood that gave me no clues. So I start following it. And I, follow, I probably spent an hour just following it 100 yards maybe more. And then I eventually follow it up to the property line. I'm like, well, let's just go a little further. So I it a little further. Shouldn't have done that. That was another mistake. And then uh, it disappeared. I'm like, ah. And then by this point, it's getting dark. I'm running out of daylight. So I leave, drive home to put my son to bed and get flashlights. And then I made some some texts and some phone calls to try to get permission to get onto that other property. Got back, and at this point it's like midnight. Um, Somewhere around midnight, maybe 11 o'clock. So now I'm out there with a thousand watt flashlight, and, well, a couple flashlights actually, and I'm out there and I'm on the trail. So I followed up to where the last sign of blood was, and the trail disappeared, and it was gone. I mean, nothing left. There was. I did not find another drop of blood when I came back, I don't think. So it, the, the trail led up into a big, thick, brushy hillside that went for a fair distance before ending in a highway. So I, I tried everything I could think of. I, I went up to the highway, looked for sign that maybe a bleeding deer had crossed the highway. Didn't find any, but could also be because there wasn't any. So then I went back and I'm like, well, I'm going to search this, whatever it was, 100 acre, brushy, thick, very steep hillside for who knows how long. Because maybe I'll get the smell. Maybe I'll be able to smell the dead deer. Because very often you get close to a dead deer, you can smell it. And there was no wind, which was good for me. No wind at all. And like, well, if I get close enough, I'll probably be able to smell it, even if I don't see it because this stuff is so thick. So I searched and searched and searched until I just was totally ran out of gas, found nothing. Now you're going to say, well, George, you should have just come back in the morning. It was 80 degrees. There's no morning. There's no tomorrow. If I don't find this deer now, there's nothing left to find. It's just, it's going to be rotten coyote eaten it done there's nothing left to, if i don't find it now and so i searched till i can't search anymore i'm you know texting the butcher what do i do if i find it he's like well you do this this and this and then you know fill the fill the cavity with ice as, as, as much as you can wrap it up and then i'll be at the place at seven in the morning so i was like okay well i searched until i had nothing left and i found nothing not a drop of blood, not a deer, not even a footprint. I could attribute to this one just disappeared after that last couple drops of blood, never to be seen again. And now it's I'm exhausted, I'm totally spent, totally shot, totally demoralized. Um I I've, I've got I I got nothing left and then it is just just a terrible terrible, miserable day. And so you go home, get some sleep. The next day I was a disaster, just so tired, so worn out, couldn't think straight. Monday came around, still felt lousy. I mean, it was just, i, I it's, it's bothered me even right now telling you the story because just how lousy I felt then is like coming back on me right now. And so it was it was. We never found that deer, never found another sign of that deer. So what should I have done? Well, first of all, I was too used to easy success. I was the first deer I ever hit, that I ever saw blood, that I ever found evidence of a hit that I did not take home. And so for me, I've had so many deer that just dropped immediately or within 30 yards or whatever the case is, that I would never had to deal with this scenario before that moment. And so I was overconfident. I wasn't being realistic. I knew the right thing to do on paper, but in the moment, it wasn't real to me. So what should I have done? Well, immediately after taking the first shot, and it ran into the woods, I should have just sat there till dark, and then just left the blind, backed out, got out of the woods, got into my car, drove home, put my son to bed, got my flashlights, and come back about four hours later. And I I, I was talking to the butcher later in the season after I'd gotten a deer, about this and uh, i was running it by him because you know i'm not a trophy hunter i'm more of a meat hunter and the meat's what matters the most and so what he said was essentially look a lot of guys they leave the deer all night come back the next day you lose a lot of meat if it's 80 degrees you're it's you're getting nothing it's over the deer's gone it's you were right that if you would have till morning there would have been nothing edible left. But he said, what you need to do is you have to let, give the deer time to bleed out in that kind of scenario. So he said, four to six hours is enough time. Uh, if, if the deer's not dead by then, it will be so weak that you'll be able to, to finish it off. And so it won't be able to run.
0: Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit
1: waypointtv.com to learn more. And so uh, I should have come back four to six hours later and then started on the trail and chances are really good that that deer would have just ran into the woods like he did 50 yards, stood there for a while and then just sat down and bled out. And the more you make him run, the the more different things inside of the body and the cavity can move around and get in the way and stop the bleeding. You can have you know, organs and tissue just block the hole and then the bleeding stops. And so I should have just come back around 11 o'clock. Well, actually, it would have even been earlier than that because this shot happened at maybe four o'clock, four or five, we'll, we'll say it was five. If I came back four hours later, that would have been nine, still within the realm of sane timeframes. Maybe i come back at 10 even, whatever. And he said chances are really good that you would have found the deer dead or too weak to run at that point and you could have taken another shot. Now, there's a paradox there with that advice uh, because in some states you cannot take a weapon into the woods at nighttime, period, um, For if you're in during deer season. So... You, you, you can't necessarily even finish them off in the dark so i don't know what you do if you find the deer in that scenario you probably have to call the game commission and and figure that out if if that's one of the places that you live so i uh, just need to be aware of that but regardless should have come back and chances would have been really good that that deer would have expired even if it was a liver shot even if it was a gut shot there was a good chance that, that deer would have been dead four, five, six hours later, or unable to continue to run. Now, uh, I really wish I would have thought that, because at the time, I thought, well, it's either now or come back tomorrow, and tomorrow wasn't an option, and uh, I just, too much adrenaline, too much energy, too much excitement, and I just let it go, just, Just let go of all sound reason, didn't know that little tidbit that I shared with you guys. So what is the bottom line, what is the learning here? Well the bottom line is this, when you take a shot at a deer, you usually know, was it a good shot, was it a bad shot. I've known basically every shot I've ever taken, if it was a good shot or a bad shot. and even times where I was convinced it was a good shot, but the deer didn't behave like it was a good shot. They behaved like I missed. I found that deer killed over 30 yards later, um, and it was a good shot. You almost always know. And when you know it's a bad shot, or you just are uncertain, you need to give it time. Okay, I have long been an advocate of pursuing that deer within 15 minutes. But that's only true, it's only feasible if it is a kill shot. If it's a double lung or a heart shot or some other obvious kill shot, uh, you, you, you don't want the deer to wait too long because the meat begins to spoil very fast, especially when it's hot. And so I've long been an advocate of going after the deer within 15 to 30 minutes. However... When you know it's a bad shot and you do that, then you have a great chance of what happened to me happening to you, and that is losing the deer, period. In those scenarios, you just have to wait. Now, I did not think the deer was going to be 50 yards away standing there, all right? But since then, I have had other scenarios happen. Uh, They weren't deer that I shot, but they were people who were with me that I took hunting, and they had a bad shot. And that deer ran 20 yards and just laid down. And they're like, oh, well, it's probably dead. Let's get up and go take a look. And it got up and ran, and we chased that thing over kingdom come to the ends of the earth, trying to find that deer. And eventually, about four hours later, found it, and it was just too weak to run any further. And so looking back at it, I'm like, you know what? If we would have just backed out and gone to get lunch and come back later, that deer would have probably been laying right there 20 yards away and dead. But you get overconfident, you get cocky, you just don't know enough to know what to do or what not to do, and you make bad decisions like I made this time. So guys, you really need to be mindful. It's not all or nothing. It's not today or tomorrow. You can come back later. A few hours on a badly shot deer can make all the difference in the world when your chances of recovery. You can go from 5% recovery chance to a 95% recovery chance on a bad shot if you come back a few hours later and you don't push that deer, you don't bump it, you don't make it run, but you just back out slowly and quietly, disappear and then come back four, five, six hours later, and then take up the search. All right, Uh, huge, huge pro tip there. Uh, Wish I would have known that to the degree that I know it now back then, or I would have that awesome deer on my wall. And now the good news is, a week later, I went back out and got another deer that was just as good as this one, but I would have still rather had this one. Now, some people say, well, George, if you hit a deer and you don't take it home, you're supposed to tear up your tag. And you're supposed to say, well, you know what? That was my deer. I'm not taking a deer this year. You know, if you believe that, you go ahead and do that. Personally, I have seen too many deer escape and come back another day after they've been shot and got away. I'm not 100% convinced that this deer didn't make it, but even if he didn't, I'm not out there for antlers. All right? I'm not out there for any of that. I'm out there for meat. And the reason I want to take a buck is because it's somewhere between 50 and 100% more total weight meat in the end than most of the does in my area. And so I'm out there hunting to get a deer, in order to put deer in the freezer, in order to have meat. And if a disaster scenario like this happens, I'm going to learn from it, but I'm not going to stop hunting because of it. And it was kind of hard to go back out again a week later after. I took the whole week off, just didn't go out, couldn't bring myself to do it. Next Saturday rolled around. I was like, "Nope, I'm going to go. I've got to go. I've got to do it. Got to push through. Got to get a deer. Got to put this behind me. And uh, I'm not going to let a mistake cause me to quit, even if just for the season. Because then that that negative energy rolls into the next season. And then you're like, well, maybe should I even go out? And you got all this happening. And no, not going to do it. I have utmost respect for the animals. I have a lot of respect uh, for for the hunting community. But at the same time, I'm not going to let a mistake stop me from hunting. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to do better next year. And uh, here's the thing, you know, so many archery hunters, wound or miss deer, it's unbelievable. Um, It's just unbelievable. And I believe that you can kill and recover 90% or better, 95% of every deer you shoot, if you hunt smart, if you only take good shots, if you only shoot at the right range, if you're patient, if you're careful, and then if you make the right decisions after the shot. So... Uh, I hope, guys, that this story and this information is helpful for you. I hope it'll help you prevent other nightmare scenarios in your life and in your hunting career, and that you will not have these same kind of stories to tell other people because you heard this story, because you took this information and ran with it. And I also hope you avoid other nightmare scenarios in your life by checking out Aura for free at... or at aura.com slash n-h-g a-u-r-a dot com slash n-h-g or just go into my website newhuntersguide.com and go into about and click aura and get in your free two weeks in order to find out and, and learn everything you can learn and then be protected and safe from then on out. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you. Till next time, God bless you and go get them in the woods.
0: I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking.